0: The Chicago Bears 2023 schedule is out. There are a couple of really tough games. There's a difficult stretch down the middle, but a lot of these sort of like toss up 50-50 games that could be very winnable for Justin Fields and company. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Bears your first listen today. We love our everydayers that make Lockdown Bears your first listen every single day. Because here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, we are your team every day. So become an everydayer every day. On the show today, we're going to break down this Chicago Bears schedule. We're not going to go exactly like game by game win loss prediction. Like here's, I mean, that's what everybody does. That that's boring. But we're just going to talk a little bit more conversationally, have a little bit more flow with it and break down important stretches of this schedule, some of the key themes and dynamics that will play into how the Bears might perform the season. And then we'll wrap up kind of looking wider at it as sort of like the floor of how many games they could win and lose and the ceiling of how many games they could win and lose and ultimately where we think they may end up. And I use the term we, because we'll have a special guest joining us on the podcast today, Larry from Locked, or excuse me, I'm so used to saying Locked, I've had so many Locked out hosts on here. Larry from Bears Talk Underground, one of my favorite other Chicago Bears podcasts out there. I've been a regular guest on his podcast a handful of times. I like to get Larry on here as much as I can as well. And so I always really appreciate Larry. He's got such a, like a photographic memory, not photographic, but like an encyclopedic memory memory of Bears games even from games from before I was born and he always has good insights on previous matchups and schedule quirks and and things like that and he hates the orange the all orange Bears jerseys as well and so we just have good chemistry and it's a lot of fun just talking Bears with him in general and I think just hearing our conversation about the schedule should put a smile on your face as well all right, joining us now on Locked on Bears is Larry D., host of the Bears Talk Underground podcast, part of the Sports Drink Media Network. I've been a guest on Larry's podcast many, many times, and I always try and return the favor when I can. And Larry, appreciate you joining us today to talk some some Bears schedule. Uh, how, how's, how's the offseason go for you? Are, are you somebody that gets... Fired up about schedule release day or is it more like much ado about nothing?
1: Well, you know what? It's it's a mixed bag because, uh, you know, today is what I is the holiday that I like to refer to as worst kept secret in the world day. Yes, uh, because I knew what eight of the games were by noon today, <laughs> uh, seven whole hours before they officially, you know, released the uh, schedule. So it's like I wish they would just release the schedule at noon like they used to people are still going to watch those schedule release shows. They're still going to do it to watch the breakdowns and, you know, and all that kind of NFL fans are still going to watch. It's just like, why go through this? Cause like I said, I, I think I was up to 11 games before the schedule came out on, you know, at seven o'clock and it's just, so it's like, I get excited because we, we know the who and the where, you know, we've known that since the day the season ended, but now we know the win and that's where we get to really break down. Like the season is real now so that's what's exciting about it but as far as like schedule release day itself it's more like worst kept secret in the world day and it's you know very anticlimactic yeah just get just get it out let me let me
0: look at it let me deal with it like let let, let me be able to talk about it yeah so so release schedule comes out and 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 i think i think it was spoiled earlier in the day that they would open the season against the packers but when i guess was that was that your sort of first like when you see the schedule as a whole it's like oh man Open and end the season at Green Bay. It feels like both the surprise and kind of not a surprise at the same time.
1: The only the only real surprise is that's going to be the first time, only the second time in like the last decade that it's not Minnesota that we're finishing with. Yeah. You know, I mean, we kind of broke the trend last year by finishing with Minnesota in Chicago. But otherwise, I think we had a literally a streak of about seven years in a row until like 2021 when when the last game was like week 16 or something but that's really like the only you know big surprise there i i I think i wrote down that uh this is the first time like we finished we started and finished the season against green bay in 06 so if that's an omen i'll take it my first thought when i saw
0: that was like I, i just had these flashback memories of the last handful of times like the last two or three times they opened the season against green bay like it it just hasn't it hasn't gone well, and I mean there was a couple of those games where it went really well at first. And then Aaron Rodgers does Aaron Rodgers things, and the Packers pulled that one out. But all of a sudden, wait a minute, no more right. Aaron Rodgers to do Aaron Rodgers things. And I find myself like I, I feel like I'm I, I'm like abused. Like I see Packers Week One, I'm like, oh, that's not going to go well for the Bears. But but yeah, but no Aaron, no Aaron Rodgers. But it well, could. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Where, I I know like no one knows how good Jordan Love is going to be, but like. I don't know, what's your, what's your level of confidence in, in, in week one? Bears are you know coming to year two under Luke Getze, Packers year one of Jordan Love, but we're, we're so conditioned to think that's not going to go well. Where do you fall on that?
1: Yeah, well, here's, here's my optimism about Bears-Packers going forward is that I feel that, number one, Jordan Love is not Aaron Rodgers or even Brett Favre uh, for that matter. So at the very least, maybe, just maybe, Bears Packers might actually become a rivalry again. You know, as opposed to us being rivals and no matchup in the last decade has been much of a rivalry. You know, it's like we've had maybe a, a handful of tight games in the Aaron Rodgers uh, era, but otherwise it's been a it's been a laugh, you know, heel slapping, you know, thigh slapping deal for Packer fans to to watch a Bears game. Uh, you know, it's it's like when when I I know this is well before your time Lauren, but when I was growing up Bears Packers was a joke because the Ditka Bears would just pound the Packers into the ground, you know, mercilessly uh, year in and year out. So it's uh, it's been quite the role reversal for the last 30 freaking years. So I think it's about time that we flip this thing and it becomes an actual rivalry again. Yeah, that would be the first time in my lifetime if it if it flips
0: yeah. I've only known Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers' Packers team. Well, besides like a little bit of Matt Flynn or whatever
1: <laughs> here and there. Yeah, and there. But, but, but if we could go into, you know, kind of like with the Lions and with even with the Vikings, even when they were some of the best teams in the league, it always seemed like history would say the Bears win in Chicago, Minnesota wins in Minnesota, the Lions is always a, has always been a 50-50 thing having a 50-50 shot going into a green bay game that would be awesome versus like maybe it's like 95 to 5 kind of thing with the way that these games always turn out it,
0: it's pretty much all downhill for, or like all uphill it's all all better from here can't get any worse <laughs> can't get any worse than how that has gone <laughs> hard for that to happen yeah, yeah absolutely weird that they start back-to-back games this season against teams with massive shifts at the quarterback position with Tampa Bay week yeah. 2 going to probably Baker Mayfield, despite them saying they have faith in, in Kyle Trask. I, I, I don't know. I struggle a little bit thinking, like, yeah, I don't have faith in either of those two guys. But, like, the Buccaneers still have some pieces there. But, like, should we expect the Buccaneers to be instantly terrible right away? And, like, should we expect the Bears? Like, I, I find myself feeling that that one should be a win just based on the quarterback position alone. And, you know, like, whole schedule-wise, the Bears don't face that many very good quarterbacks. I mean, we'll get to the next one with Patrick Mahomes. But, like, it's Mahomes and Herbert and then... Uh, uh, Derek Carr, you know, like it's yeah. it's not a Deshaun Watson, perhaps, although he's been struggling and same with same with Kyler Murray, like it's not a it's like there's going to be a lot of games where maybe Justin Fields can be the better quarterback in some of those matchups and Tampa right. Bay might be one of them.
1: Well, I mean, it just you got the, you know, obviously Brady has has retired and, and so now. far he's still retired. Um, and, and right now it's Baker Mayfield, although, like you said, they have faith in, in Kyle Trask and. Uh, and whatnot and it's just we'll, we'll have to wait and see how that turns out but like yeah like I said when the schedule started to roll out and I don't want to jump too far ahead but it's just like this year's schedule is the opposite of last year's schedule where we had after the bye week we just had a, an absolute murderers row for the last month you know Buffalo, Philly, Minnesota yeah. it's just like there was no breathing after the bye week this year it's quite the opposite so I was like I'm 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 interested to see how how that's going to unfold. Yeah, I feel like, and, and we don't need to go you know game by game through this whole schedule,
0: but I, I feel like, so so like first of all, like ch- at at Kansas City Chiefs, like uh, we can all pretty much chalk up an L in that one pretty pretty easily, and then like, there's yeah. there's a bunch of fifty fifty games in here, but I do feel like, do th- you think the tough stretch there? I think at Chargers, at Saints in the middle of the season, and then okay, easy one against Panthers on Thursday Night Football, but then at Detroit, at Minnesota, four out of five of those games on the road. Perhaps mm-hmm. all four of those word Games potential playoff teams, or at least playoff contenders, in the Chargers, right. Saints, Lions, and Vikings.
1: I don't know. I it doesn't feel to me like a very friendly portion. Like and the and and another another form of Bears kryptonite. Three out of those five games are primetime games. Oh yeah, Sunday night the Bears Thursday don't night. really show up on prime time, so it, that's uh, that's something that's already going against us. You got the Chargers on Sunday night football, Carolina on Thursday night football. Our second one. By the way, we were one of those lucky teams that got a second Thursday night game and then Minnesota on Monday night football. It's it's uh, it's not a good look.
0: This episode of Locked on Bears is brought to you by Built Bar, the world's best tasting protein bars. I literally eat a built bar every single day because they taste so good, but they're also really good for you. Every built bar is covered in 100 percent real chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They taste like candy bars. But somehow, at the same time, they're low sugar, low calories, high fiber, and high protein. We're talking 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and 4 grams of sugar. There is not another protein bar product on the market that's this good for you and tastes this good. They've got a bunch of delicious flavors to choose from over at their website, built.com. But you can also get them even quicker in person at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. If you head into Walmart near the pharmacy section, they got the protein bar area. You can get yourself a box of built bars. They have four bar boxes of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or their coconut puffs, which are quite good. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, you can run in there, and they've got the 13 bar box with two of my all time favorite built flavors the brownie batter puff and the churro puff. Tasting is believing. You got to try them for yourself, and you can absolutely thank me later either there or at built.com. How do you feel about th- those like two Thursday night games? Because I can see where it's A, it's nice to have a primetime Bears game, even though they've even though they've historically done bad on primetime. their their primetime games are the Commanders and the Panthers. Those yeah. should be should be on paper winnable games. Although we saw the Commanders yeah. on Thursday last year, and that was god awful, dreadful football. Well, game. I mean,
1: I know that everybody was just chomping at the bit for a uh, for a Thursday night rematch between the Bears <laughs> and the Commanders. I mean, what a disaster that game i mean by the end of it al michael's and and herb street had turned it into a comedy show yeah they're just cracking jokes about the the lack of scoring taking place and how you know the winning quarterback in that game passed for less than 100 yards and broke his thumb he was out for like 10 weeks after that finished the game with a broken thumb and somehow came away uh with the win uh in that one that game was a disaster there's nobody going to be chomping at the bit to catch another bears commanders thursday night game agreed 100% but,
0: but like last year After the Commanders game, they had that mini-buy and kind of reassessed a bunch of things, and we saw them come out against the Patriots the very next game, and it was like, whoa, the Bears have arrived, Justin Fields has arrived, the new offense is here, and now you get two mini-buys plus
1: an actual buy? Well, the other thing is, and and this was one of my notes that I wrote down, you know, as much as I hate Thursday night games, period. (laughs) you know, the players hate them. They're not always the best games. You know, we don't always get the best matchups and, and that kind of thing, but you know, we, man, we've, we've seen just in one year's time, how well Iberflus handles gets his team ready after buys Nagy was notoriously terrible at that. You would have never thought that we had one day off, let alone 10 or 14 or whatever with when Nagy was at the helm. But Those mini buys, both of them is a 10 day break to prepare for division opponents. Ooh, yeah. Where, you know, we're at Washington on Thursday night, then we have 10 days to get ready for Minnesota. And then fast forward to week 10, you know, with Carolina on Thursday night, 10 days to get ready for Detroit. So, I mean, those are going to be far more important games than Carolina or Washington, other than them being conference games. The bigger games are the ones that follow with Minnesota after the Washington game and even Detroit and Minnesota after the Carolina uh, game. But we have 10 days to get ready for that matchup with the with the Lions, which is actually our first game against the Lions uh, week 11. So having 10 days to get ready for those division opponents, that's going to be a good thing. But seeing the Bears play on, you know, having to play twice on Thursday night, I'm not a fan. And both Lions games are off of a bye then because the
0: second Lions game yeah. is right after the actual bye. And we, we saw last year, you know they didn't beat the Eagles straight off the bye, but they came out in that game against the Eagles and yeah. they they hung in there with the team that we didn't realize but would end up in the Super Bowl. All yeah, considered. we were so
1: severely short-handed and we gave them hell for like three and a half
0: quarters. Yeah, I mean that's. I think you're right. It's it's quite a testament to to Matt Eberflus that they're able to do that. And any any concern in in both of those cases that not only is it not only is it bad Thursday night opponent, but then also divisional opponent the next game of like kind of a look ahead game where it's like, okay, we got four yeah. days to prepare. I, you know,
1: I think that, that Eber I think they're better than that. I, um, I, I, I think that, that, that they would do a pretty good job of keeping them focused just based solely on the fact that these guys were always ready. You know, when they came out, like I said, they, they didn't beat the Eagles, but coming off the bye, they were as prepared as they could be. And They played the best team in the NFC or at the time the best team in the NFL. I think they still had the best record in the league at the time, you know, gave them hell all the way. Knocked Jalen Hurts out and, you know, all that kind of stuff. They gave the Eagles hell before reality took over late in the fourth quarter uh, and everything. And then, like you said, with the first Washington game last year, 10 days, all of a sudden we had a brand new offense and we ran we ran the Patriots out of their own stadium that night. It was I could not believe what I was watching Uh, You know, during that game, the defense had like their last great performance uh, of the year. And we put 30 on the board uh, without a defensive touchdown in that game. I mean, that was remarkable what we saw there. So it's like I I think that Eberflus would be good about not looking ahead or looking past, you know, Carolina or Washington, considering that these were both last place teams uh, and everything. But, uh, you know, I don't think that they'll be guilty. Uh, of that sure. uh, you know
0: what, what do you think about what do you think that that final stretch of the season you hinted at it earlier like you know last yeah. year <clears throat> it was murderers row after the bye week right. this year yes lions after the bye week but then at cleveland home against the cardinals and falcons and then you wrap up at green bay and i feel pretty good that the cardinals are going to be a bit of a disaster there i don't trust mm-hmm. the falcons to be playoff contending in week 17 at that right. stage so you could have two back-to-back wins there I, Browns, I think, are going to be tough on the road in December as if they got figured out with Deshaun Watson. But I, I, I don't know where you sort of feel. We don't have to get into like specific schedule, or like final record predictions, right, just yet. But I don't know. Could you envision a scenario where you know you win two there, like back to back Cardinals Falcons, and go into Week 18
1: at Green Bay, maybe with some kind of playoff implications? I mean, that's what that's why I was saying this is the absolute opposite of last year. It's like you looked at last year's schedule when it came out. We had Buffalo. We had um we had um minnesota we had uh philadelphia we had detroit on the road uh and everything and especially as the season went along that last four games was looking more and more ominous with minnesota you know running away with the division with detroit on the hot streak that they were on philadelphia and buffalo were you know the class of their conferences at the time it's just like you know what the Bears need a break more than just about anybody right now, but it's like I don't want to see what's going to happen in those last four games. It's yeah. like, but if you look at the schedule with the A and with the NFC South, the worst division in football on the schedule this year, and we play all of them except for Atlanta before the bye, and you know the the AFC West, we play in in bunches before week eight. We're done with them before week eight. We have the Commanders, we have you know Carolina on the the schedule, you know, Green Bay supposed to not be what they've been in the past. If we could win three or four of those last five games, we could sneak into the playoffs because those are winnable games. I mean, with with the improvements that, that the Bears have made on paper uh, and everything, and I don't see how we can get much worse on defense than we were <laughs> last year. Uh, You know, the improved offense. It's a smidge better on defense, you know, with the linebacking core and everything like that. It's things could get interesting after the bye week. You know, it's 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 not too far fetched to to think that we could be optimistic going in those last five weeks.
0: The one game that feels completely unwinnable is the Chiefs game, right? I mean, never say never in yeah. the NFL, but like we can pretty much say the Chiefs game is as close to unwinnable as possible. The Chargers feel, again, like you not unwinnable, but like. Probably, you know, prime time Sunday night at LA Chargers, like Justin Herbert, yeah. et cetera. Like, probably you could pencil in pretty two-firm L's with those two. And then, of course, you're not going to sweep the entire division, so there'll be a couple losses in there. But, like, right. those, those are the main ones where you're like, I mean, other than that— you've got a puncher's chance against every – it's just varying degrees of how beatable right. you think the rest of the teams are. Like, it doesn't feel like there's this insurmountable – like like last year where it was, like you said, like Eagles, Bills, like some of these teams where you're like, oh, man, like we just know that's going to go rough. Like, there's only one or two of those going to go rough games, and it feels like – I don't know, does it feel more like this year the Bears are in more control of their own destiny?
1: I do. I honestly do. And and if we can get uh, Lady Luck in the form of injuries yeah, uh, this year – uh, you know, I would like our chances to to go deep, uh, as you know, or to at least keep it interesting, you know, throughout the throughout the season, as opposed to going on a ten game losing streak to finish out the year after our best performance of the season, uh, uh, kind of thing. I mean, you know, Green Bay and Tampa Bay, you know, those are fifty fifty winnable games right there. You take the loss against Kansas City. I mean, and this uh, and then and the 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 trick is. This is all based on how things went last year. Yeah. You know, what are we really going to get from the from the Broncos in year 2 of Russell Wilson and year 1 of Sean Payton, which is a tremendous upgrade from the hack, no pun intended, that they had at coach last year. You know, that guy turned out to be a disaster uh as of a head coach uh for the Broncos and, you know, when basically you had a team that was playoff ready, it was just a quarterback away from doing something serious and had a top flight defense and but you know you and me and nine of our closest friends could have you know beat those guys last year they were terrible so it's like they just could not put points on the board even with all the horses they have at wide receiver they just couldn't do it so it was a disaster but will that be this year you know what are the commanders going to look like we know that they have the decent receiving core but they got Sam Howell at quarterback <laughs> yeah now uh you know the vikings pretty much gutted themselves during the during the offseason. What are they going to look like this year? You know, Vegas with Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, and it goes on and on. Derek Carr in New Orleans, but that one's in New Orleans and we don't play well in New Orleans and, and that kind of thing. So, I mean, it's just – it's you could talk yourself into quite a few more wins than we'll probably end up with, but I just think that that means, you know, at the very least, we're going to give ourselves a fighting chance, um, you know, this year. Yeah, and
0: I, I think – It becomes like, I know like every schedule is a Rorschach test for how you feel about the team, but like, I think the bears are especially that way where it's like, if you don't, if you like, I'm thinking national media rise, right? Like, I think we're going to get some of these like pretty low win predictions because there's so many of those Mm -hmm. games that, you know, we describe as a 50, 50 toss up where it's like, if you don't think Justin Fields is any good and you think this bears, I'm not saying you, but if, if I'm an, you know, if a national person doesn't think Justin Fields is very good and the bears had the worst defense in the NFL last season and, and. You know, you can't fix that. They didn't fix it all in one offseason. Then you, yeah, I could see, I can see, like, you could talk yourself into the negative where, too. It's like, okay, well, they're not going to beat the Broncos. And, you know, the command, they lost the commanders last year. And, you know, I mean, the, the Raiders, maybe with, with Jimmy Garoppolo and Josh McDaniels, can make something better happen there. Like, you know, I mean, you can start to go through these 50 50 games and talk yourself into the Bears losing more of them. And maybe then right. you become more of like a, like, to me, like, the floor feels about like, 5-6 wins like the absolute floor there of like you're going to yeah. beat the Panthers. No one no one thinks the Bears are going to lose to the Panthers or the probably not the Cardinals and probably you know like there's enough of those bad teams that it's like a, a four like a 5-6 win floor but then like as you were saying like if you, if you if Justin Fields takes that step and this defense plays better as these younger guys grow then you know those 50-50 games Broncos, Commanders, Raiders, Saints, you know, splitting them with the Lions and maybe the Vikings, the Browns like those become wins and you're pushing you know 10, 11, 10 or 11 on yeah. the high end. Like, yeah. is that, is that kind of the range you find yourself feeling like the floor? in well,
1: Yeah. That's like, I feel like the ceiling, you know, I could, I could definitely, you know, being completely biased and drinking every little ounce of Kool-Aid, I could see 10 or 11 wins, but I also absolutely see the floor as about five or six. Like, yeah. I think that's the absolute worst. If, if nothing goes right, if we lose a key person, you know, injury wise early on or something like that, and we just have a whole, you know, as a hole in the spot on defense or something like that, then yeah, five or six wins, I think is the absolute, uh, worst. It's like, but with the way that we've, you know, loaded the gun on offense, if feels makes that step and we click if he has a, if he has Jalen hurts his year three, we're going to be in pretty good shape. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. And the, and the pathway is there, right? You can see, you can see a clear path to success or a clear path to where there's still some struggles along the way. So I, I think I'm with you on that, where, you know, if the high end is 10, 11 and the low end is five or six, then. Reality probably lands somewhere in the middle, and I, I find myself yeah. eight or nine in that spot. Like, I think in those 50-50 games, like, the Bears are going to win a few of those that you feel like maybe they shouldn't. You know, like, they'll beat, like, Russell Wilson and the Broncos, and maybe the Commanders in there. But then they'll lose one that you don't think they should have lost, like the Raiders or or the Saints yeah. or the Browns or something in there. That you feel like, man, you really could have had that one, but it's still a younger Bears team. They still have holes on defense. They're still learning how to win games and how to be winners. And that with that's going to come some growing pains. And I ultimately kind of end it. I think nine, if you stay
1: pretty relatively healthy and things go pretty well, or eight, if you run into some trouble, where, where do you, where do right. you fall? That's, that's pretty much, you know, like I said, the ceiling being 10 or 11, the floor being uh five or six, I I like, you know, eight or nine as like the realistic, thought i mean and if it's nine wins we could still be talking about a possible you know like that that green bay game yeah if it doesn't get flexed to sunday night football in that final week of the season it's going to snap a 17 year primetime streak against green bay wow but if if both the bears and the packers are at eight or nine wins and playing for the last spot in the nfc you know that's going to be the sunday night game and i think the big picture
0: too like if the bears go from three wins last year to eight or nine wins this year like that's Massive growth and progress. Like, sure, it's not yeah. it's not eleven wins, it's not a deep playoff run. Like they'd probably be a one and done wildcard team against, you know, the Saints or the Lions or one of these divisional winners that doesn't get a bye, but like, or the Cowboys or whatever. But like for that being year two under Matt Eberflus for how far they would have had to come from last year with how disastrous they were, like, yeah, it doesn't feel like an exciting like nine eight, nine wins isn't supposed to feel great, but it it kind of should for this team. I don't know. What do you think about expectations?
1: Well, it's like, you know, the, I think the expectations are definitely higher. I think that we've all been looking forward to 2023 since the beginning of 2022. I mean, we all <laughs> knew last year was going to be rough because, you know, Ryan Pace left the cupboard bare. Five draft picks, one of the lowest cap figures in, in the league. And, you know, Ryan Poles could only do so much. I mean, he somehow sprinkled fairy dust on those five picks and turned them into 11, uh, somehow, but eight of them were on day three. So, yeah. you know, even though we got some good return out of, um, Braxton Jones and and you know, guys like that, even Sanborn as an undrafted free agent. But, you know, we we can't expect that that he'd be able to do that again, uh, you know, this year. It's like you got to get some return. But we were able to spend some money. That trade getting DJ Moore was absolute genius. And uh, you know, being him being the, you know, the sweetener in that deal. Because after that, it's just like, oh, look at all these draft picks we have. But when you see DJ Moore at the bottom, you're like, Oh, my God, he got DJ Moore. It's like, that's <laughs> what made you really excited about the trade was that getting DJ Moore, we can get an immediate return out of DJ Moore as opposed to being excited like, hey, two first-rounders in 2024, two second-rounders in 2025. We're going to be able to load up and get some young you know, talent on this team. It's like, we got DJ Moore. We can use him right now and talk about an area of need that couldn't have been filled any other way. Oh,
0: it's always exciting to talk Bears with you, Larry, whether it's on my podcast or yours. Really appreciate you coming on. Let everybody know a little bit more about Bears Talk Underground, what you're doing, what you got planned for this offseason and where they can check it out.
1: Well, we got our uh, upcoming opponent preview series. That is how I fill in this vast wasteland between the schedule release and the start of training camp is that I have a guest, whether it be a podcaster, a blogger, a beat writer, representing each one of our opponents, you know, break down 2022, look forward to 2023 and just kind of introduce our opponents to uh to my listeners and everything we're going to be starting that around the end of this month or like around labor day uh weekend and that will carry us through the month and you're always the main event when when we do the bears you're my guy so you come in we talk bears for about 12 hours and uh you know (laughs) wrap up the uh wrap up the off season right before uh training camp so yeah, That's what I, I got planned on the slate right now. I, I appreciate you when you're on here that we, we we
0: somehow kept it to you know 25 minutes of of just us talking bears. It's a it's a miracle yeah. that we could yeah. even
1: keep it this short. On my so. show, we're just getting warmed up 25 <laughs> minutes. We haven't hit record yet after 25 minutes. Right, exactly. We're still we're still BSing before we hit record.
0: Well, again, the podcast is Bears Talk Underground. You can follow them on Twitter at BTU underscore Larry. And Larry, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. Always a good time, man. Thanks. Thanks again to Larry from Bears Talk Underground for joining us on the podcast today to break down that Chicago Bears schedule. If you enjoyed our conversation, certainly check out his podcast, but make sure then you're also subscribed to Locked on Bears on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. That's the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked on Bears your first listen today. We love our everydayers here on the Locked on Podcast Network tuning in all five days each week to get your bears fixed. And of course you have to tune in to get your next opportunity to bear down.